Hey folks, and welcome to the Blue Light Podcast. This is a place to discover all you need to know about the police recruitment process. I'm Brendan from Blue Light, and it has been my absolute honour and privilege to support thousands of you to succeed in the police recruitment process, not just in England and Wales, but in Scotland, Northern Ireland, and increasingly now in other parts of the world, uh, Canada, the United States, Australia. So our reach is just expanding, and it's something I'm really pleased about. If you are listening to this and you are not from the United Kingdom, please do get in touch. Let me know what your recruitment process involves. Uh, Best way to do that is to join Blue Light's Police Recruitment Facebook support group. There's about 10,500 people in there now, all of them supporting each other through the police recruitment process in a very ethical way. There's something like uh, 350 to 400 posts every week. I can't keep up with the posts. It's just amazing to see what's going on there. And increasingly, um, people are starting to post top tip guidance videos as well, and I'll tell you more about that later. So, in this episode, what are we going to talk about? Well, the first thing we're going to talk about is why you don't need me. You know, why you don't need to actually listen to this podcast. And some of you might be thinking, that's a very strange thing to say, Brendan, but I'll tell you why in a moment. And then we're going to take a look at uh, what people have been doing to prepare for stage two of the new police online assessment process. This has been introduced by the College of Policing whilst we're in the COVID-19 pandemic to replace the Search Assessment Centre and the Day One Assessment Centre. And many of my clients are starting to get stuck into it now. They've been doing Stage 2. I've had some great feedback, ethical feedback. I'm never asking what the questions are and nor what I expect them to tell me. But what they're telling me so far is my advice and guidance has been absolutely on the money. So really pleased to hear that. And we're also going to take a look at stage three. The sort of things that you might want to consider in your preparation, because no one's actually done stage three yet, but I'll tell you what it involves, and I'll tell you what I'm doing to help support you to pass that part. Now, when I talk about helping you to pass, I don't give you the answers. I'll show you the way. You've got to do the hard work. And this is what I mean about that question, why you don't need me. Because it, it just struck me last week, I was, I was talking to a member of staff from Derbyshire Constabulary in England, if you're listening to this from outside of the UK, um, and, uh, oh, by the way, I'm really pleased and proud to announce that Derbyshire Constabulary have chosen me to provide positive action support for uh, black and Asian minority ethnic candidates and also other candidates who are underrepresented in their force. So they're joining Nottinghamshire Police. I already provide support for them um, in joining joining our family, actually. So it's a big challenge for me over the next month or two. I've got about 100 people, uh, maybe more, maybe about 120 people that I'm going to support through the recruitment process. Uh, and this will be through my interactive webinars. If you want to find out a little bit more about that and join them before they uh, soak up all of the places on the courses, which is what they're likely to do, Then just go to my website, which is bluelightonline.co.uk. That's bluelightonline.co.uk. And by the way, if you want to join that amazing Facebook group, just search for the Blue Light Police Recruitment Facebook support group in groups on Facebook, and you'll find it. Uh, Click Ask to Join. Tell me why you want to be in the group, and I'm sure to allow you in. Just say, I heard you on the podcast, Brendan. So why don't you need me? Well, This member of staff was saying that actually what you do, Brendan, is you provide 
that support which a lot of our joiners already have. So a lot of the people joining the police already have a close social tie. They've already got a close social connection with someone in the police, either a relative or a friend. Now, this is perfectly reasonable, you know, that if you have a member of the family who's a police officer or a close friend who's a police officer, then I would go to them for advice. And, of course, that police officer is going to say, well, what I'd be doing to prepare for the interview is, or the way the police-like interview answer structures structured is, or the way to write a report is, or the way to do a briefing is. So if you've got a father or a mother who's a neighbourhood inspector or sergeant, then you don't need me. Well, you might actually, because one of the things that I'm good at is putting together systems and processes to for you to follow for distinct parts of the recruitment process. But it just struck me that actually what I do is I provide that close social tie. Because for many of you, you don't have those connections. And you don't know what you don't know. So I'm going to talk about things today that you may not know about. I will put money on the fact that 99.9% of you won't be aware of the things I'm going to talk about. So I'm providing that close social tie, that close social connection for you. And that's how it feels, because when I take part in the conversations in the uh, Facebook group, the one I talked about before, because I go Facebook Live a lot, and we've got this great function now where you can actually join me split-screen and we can have a little chat about the problem that you've got. And the people inside there now, they're stepping up to the challenges that I'm making for them. So just over the past 24 hours, I've asked them to talk about the top tips that they can help others with. So the guidance that's been really useful for them, they're passing it on in the form of short videos, three or four minute quick videos, little top tips. And we've had some amazing ones so far. So for stage two of the new assessment process where you've got to be you, you go to, for an interview effectively online it's not really an interview because you're going to be asked five questions by a pre-recorded video and then you've just got to speak into the camera there is no human interaction in it whatsoever and i think this is something that this is a gap that needs plugging by the college of policing because having an assessment process that's got no human action interaction whatsoever just doesn't seem right to me policing is about a personal connection Everything you do in policing is about having some form of contact with other humans. And every contact you have will leave a trace. So I would want to know a little bit more about your values. I'd want the opportunity to look into the whites of your eyes and ask you really deep probing questions to make sure that your values are perfectly aligned, not necessarily perfectly, but aligned with those at the police service um, embody so that's what i'd be doing but okay look we're in difficult times at the moment and they've done their best so i'll give them that but i hope it's going to develop in that direction but anyway back to the top tips i'll share some of those um with you because they're really practical ones that are just you know i've not even thought of them so talking into a camera is quite difficult because there's not another person there so one of my clients um, has, actually shows you on the video what he does. He's got a photograph of his family just above the camera. So he's actually giving his answer to the camera. I thought that was just great. Such simple, simple top tip. Um, another one of my clients has talked about how they take the uh, approach I advocate. So we don't use STAR. We use something called SAL, which is Situation, Aim, 
action, result and learning. And inside each one of those, I break it down into little subcategories. So, for example, in situation, we look also at the, the impact of the problem, how to present the problem, first of all, and then the impact of that problem on you, others, the organisation. <coughs> Excuse me. And from that, you can start building up a really good solid picture and a great foundation to be able to talk for five minutes because that's what you've got to do. So another client came back and said, well, what I do is I write out my answer according to that structure and then I type it out. And by typing it out, it starts settling into my memory. I start remembering it better and I can start adding things as well. And then once I've typed it out, I then send it to two different people for their opinion. And for one of those people, I will actually say it out aloud. And for the other one, I will allow them to read it. So they're both experiencing the model answer from two different perspectives. And then once they give me that feedback, then I incorporate it into my answer. And then what I do is I practice it out by reading it to make sure it's five minutes long. And then eventually I wean myself off my notes. So I'm at the point where I can talk about that particular situation for five minutes with the depth and breadth of the structure that's required that's going to enable me to nail it in terms of marks because you're being marked against this and it'll be perfect and if you're thinking my goodness that sounds like a lot of work well another one of the clients my clients in the group talked yesterday about how she'd spent six hours doing this six hours recording herself watching it debriefing it looking at what she could do better and then doing it again so it's in this sort of uh, i quite like this because we'll sort of a uh, write type record watch improve did you like that? Write, type, record, watch, improve. Quite snappy, that. So um, I pulled all of that together, and I'm going to turn that into a little video for the group as well, sort of, uh, and give people a credit that they're due because they came up with these ideas. Another example of why you don't need me, um, because in that Facebook group, there's some amazing, amazing um, top tips coming out. And it's all part of a challenge as well, a 10-day challenge, which is going to start on the 20th of May, where inside that group only... What I'm going to do is I'm going to present you every day with a little lesson almost, a Facebook Live. It's going to be a little teach, if you like, um, teach. It's a bit school like that, isn't it? But I'm going to pass on my knowledge, my understanding, my experience, my skills in terms of getting into the right mindset for the application process, for the recruitment process, uh, perfecting your application form, looking at the big why. Why do you want to be a police officer? Looking at what impact a police officer will have on your personal life, the online assessment process, breaking that down, and also the Enforce interview. And that's going to cover 10 days. Every day I'm going to set you a challenge, set you a task, and every day you're going to come back with a video to say, this is my answer, this is what I'm doing, this is what I think about the question that Brendan's posed. And every day I'm going to pick the one that I think offers the most worth and value to the group. And they're going to choose that one, and I'm going to give them some form of award or prize. Uh, big up to Tabitha uh, the other day. <coughs> excuse me, we talked about her concerns and her dreams uh, as a police officer, and it just came so from the heart. Um, I, I've, I've given her an hour of an hour's worth of coaching with me at some point in the future. I'm not even doing that anymore, so you can't even buy that service. Um, I've stopped that one-to-one -one coaching because I just don't have the time. So she's got an hour of coaching with me to help make sure that she's going to nail it on the day. So well done, Tabitha. Um, another big up. Uh, I, I'm not going to mention that. I'm just going to call her C. She knows who she is because um, I feel as though she may be a little bit embarrassed if I uh, use her name. Who knows? And the name is quite a, 
not an unusual one, but um, you could probably find her in the group very easily. So just C. Uh, the other day, C was proof that the system works, the sort of write, type, record, watch, improve. We did a practice session, a webinar. Um, there was about 15 people on board, and she just delivered the most perfect answer ever to the question, uh, please can you tell me about a time when you've had to do the right thing, even though it would have been easier not to. And she gave this amazing answer. There's no cliches in there. There's no buzzwords, but it was structured beautifully. It was just an amazing answer. I almost fell off my chair. It was just incredible. And when I asked her how much work had gone into that, she talked about the several hours of practice that she'd done. But she is going to nail it on the day. She's going to nail it on the day. Now, the thing is, the experience she talked about was one that was very impactful on her emotionally. Um, and the journey she went through, I, you know, the journey she talked about, I could see her as a police officer going through similar challenges. Exactly what the service is looking for. Um, and some, someone actually asked the, asked the question, well, won't they know that she's been coached? Well, no, they won't actually, because she's just delivered this amazing, amazing answer. There's no buzzwords in there. It's structured perfectly. And what's wrong with getting some coaching anyway? You know, won't they know she's been coached? Well, they might suspect it, but so what? I don't know of any chief constable out there who's got to the rank of chief constable who hasn't had some form of mentoring and coaching. They actually go on a course. It's several weeks long at the College of Policing that prepares them for the assessment process. It's called PNAC, the Police National Assessment Centre. So they go on a, a course which is several weeks long, and it is it's several weeks long before they actually get assessed to go to the next rank of chief officer. So if any of you are thinking that this sort of thing can't happen in the police, you know, getting the best sort of support and coaching um, shouldn't happen. Well, it happens at every rank. And it happens in every part of our society. If you wanted to be join the Royal Air Force, you'd go and find the best support from someone who knows all about the Royal Air, Royal Air Force. If you want to be an accountant, you'd go and speak to accountants. And you'd find out what the application process is. You'd find out what the interview process involves. And you prepare yourself for it. The scattergun approach of applying for several different roles, several different jobs, is one that I don't think works. And I think I'm going to do a lot more podcasts about this because I think if you if you are absolutely laser targeted on just one career, I mean, if you've got the scattergun approach and you're trying to apply for so many different careers, then you're not going to come across in any interview as being genuine and authentic especially if you're asked a question. So why would you want to be an accountant in uh, Sedgwick and Plummer accountancy firm or whatever the name of the, of the big business is or small business or whatever it is or the public services? Scattergun won't work. And besides which, you might be deeply unhappy in your role because it's not one that was part of your vision for life. So I'm going to do a lot more podcasts about this because I think that the now, I know this, actually, because several people over the past month have given me feedback to say that the techniques that you talk about, Brendan, are ones that would work for any sector, for any sector. So I think we'll expand beyond policing. What do you think? Let me know. You let me know. Those of you who are, who've listened a lot to the techniques that I talk about and the, the models and the methods, let me know. I'll go back to that point I've made several times. I just show you the way. You've got to do the hard work. You've got to do the graft. But I think if that graft, that hard work is absolutely laser targeted on your vision for what you would like your life to look like professionally, then you're going to succeed. 
You can't not succeed because you're going to be doing the things necessary to get the experience, the qualifications, everything you do to seek that future career will be absolutely, I love that phrase, laser targeted. Even the way I'm saying it, laser targeted. That's where I think you need to be. Don't just think it, I know it. Because the people who succeed in the police recruitment process are the people who are laser targeted like that. So stage three. I said I'd talk about stage three, didn't I? So stage three of the online assessment process involves a written report and it also involves a briefing. So this is interesting. In the written report, you're going to be presented with some tale of woe in a community or I expect it will probably be some an individual who's making a complaint about the actions of a particular police officer. Why do I think it's going to be about the the actions of a particular police officer? Because they've already told you that one of the values that you're going to be assessed against is impartiality. So I would expect uh, the, this exercise to be something about an officer who's done something incorrect, uh, needs some guidance and support. Are you going to challenge it? Are you going to challenge it? Um, go to the Code of Ethics. Take a look at the Code of Ethics. Code of Ethics tells you that if you come across any form of misconduct, no matter how small or large or great or small, doesn't really matter what it is, any form of misconduct, it's an absolute requirement that you uh, challenge it, you question it, and you report it. So challenge, question, report. So I wonder whether the exercise is going to involve that. No one knows yet because no one's done stage three. But I think it might involve something like that. If not that, I think the impartiality may come from the scenario that they paint involving people from different backgrounds to see if you are going to uh, allow those people to express their views, discover their true needs, whether you're going to speak to all parties and whether you're going to make your decisions uh, based on that information. So to what extent are you going to analyse that information critically or to what extent are you going to demonstrate how in the future you would analyse further information that you're going to gather critically? Anyway, I'm going into the values and competencies here, aren't I? So this is what I do. What I've done to help support people for stage two is I've taken a look at the values and competencies that you're going to be assessed against. I've marked out, charted out all the different behaviours. When I say charted out, I've shown some people on one of my videos what that looks like. It's a little scribble on an A4 piece of paper, but that's how my mind works. And from there, we can work backwards and start determining exactly what type of exercise it's going to be. And even if I'm wrong, one of the things I've done is I've used Kutzer. Kutzer is a non-contact conflict management model that the police used to use. I, I don't believe they use it anymore, but uh, in favour of the national decision model. But I think the thing about the Kutzer is that it worked so well. So Kutzer stands for confront, understand, define and summarise, seek solutions, assess and monitor and result. And I've kind of morphed it so that you've got a template now to use for writing a report or writing an answer to an email or letter of complaint about a particular scenario. You can break it down. There's loads of different uh, constituent parts, sub-constituent sub, sub parts, if you like, if that's even a thing, of Kudzer of each one of the stages. And if you include all of those things, I've developed a marking guide uh, from the competency and values that you're going to be assessed against. So you can practice with the exercise that I've created for you, mark yourself against it. But if you follow everything that's in my template, then you will pass. It doesn't matter what the scenario is that they present you with. If you follow everything in that template, 
You're going to nail every aspect of the behaviours that are required for the values and competencies. How do I know? I've mapped it out. And it's very similar to the format of a letter or email response I would, I would have done as an operational inspector or as a neighbourhood inspector. So, again, this is why you don't need me. Because if you've got someone in your family who's a neighbourhood inspector, who's got the sort of life experience that I have, uh, the 28 years in policing, which wasn't just focused on operational policing. One of the things I was fascinated by was communication models and how systems of communication work. I went to become a police trainer, and then I became an assessor of trainers, and then I became a trainer of trainers, and then I became a trainer of those who assessed the trainers and started getting involved in quality assuring and managing those who assess the assessors of trainers. It all gets very complicated. I did two years of work with what is now Skills for Justice, was the Police Skills and Standards Organisation. I was on their strategic board for the development of standards and qualifications. I went back to university and did a Master's in Education, where I focused on personnel evaluation, evaluation systems. And since then, I developed my skills. Uh, I spent a, a week in London with Dr Richard Bandler and Dr Paul McKenna, yes, the stage hypnotist, and Dr Richard Bandler, the originator of neuro-linguistic programming, to learn all about how uh, the techniques from the world of hypnosis can work in everyday communication so i've done that and more so if you've got someone like that in your family as a close social tie then you don't need me you don't need me this is why you don't need me so anyway where am i going so i'm dancing around a lot with this podcast aren't i but i'm, I'm feeling like i just want to cover so much for you um what can we end with Right, stage three. What's it going to involve? Let's get back to stage three of the online assessment process. That is going to involve you doing this written exercise. You're going to use Cutter. The next part is a briefing. So you're going to be, again, filmed by the camera on your device, giving answers to questions that surround... My guess is it's going to be some kind of community issue, some community incident some crime problem or some um, problem where members of the community aren't getting along well with each other for some reason. Might be some animosity between a certain ethnic background and the people who've been living there for years. I'm, I'm going to use as a case study, actually, um, I'm not going to say which area it was. Well, I might do, actually, in a further podcast, because it's no big secret. Um, I was doing some work for West Yorkshire Police um, last year, and, and two very, very challenging parts of West Yorkshire, uh, one in Huddersfield and one in Leeds. These are areas where um, there were serious violent attacks on people. Um, I remember one of the sergeants talking about a murder that had happened overnight, uh, as if he was talking about someone who's stolen a packet of cheese from a supermarket. It was so matter-of-factish. It really hit me, actually. It just struck me that the norm in this area is murder is violence and so uh, racial tension so i'm going to create an exercise surrounding that it's probably going to be far more complex than the actual thing that you're going to get but it doesn't matter what you're going to get because what i've done is i've gone to the joint emergency services interoperability principles organization which is called jessup um jessup uh, operate from uh, or they have a, a base at uh, easingwold in north yorkshire this is where the Cabinet Office has an emergency planning college. I've been there. So as part of a big European um, 
uh, organization called Unity that existed uh, for three years. Uh, it, it's, it was a huge project right across Europe that was looking to improve the relationship between citizens and the police, uh, funded by the European Union, and it was led by uh, West Yorkshire Police. And I was on their international advisory board. So I got to spend a, a lot of time in different European countries looking at how their community policing works, looking at how their problem-solving community engagement works. It was fascinating work, absolutely fascinating. But part of that was spending uh, two days, I think it was, no, two, two nights and three days at uh, Easingwold where the Joint Emergency Services um, interop- uh, Jessup are based. <laughs> Just call it Jessup, shall we? Uh, that's where they're based. Anyway, what they've come up with, part of their joint doctrine, is a briefing model. And it's a briefing model which I used as a police officer anyway, so I was aware of it, and it's called II March. So if we break down II March and we use uh, the, the detail that comes from Jessup in that joint doctrine, what we can do is we can put together a template that will allow us to give a really concise briefing about anything about anything that's what it's designed for this joint doctrine is developed so that when emergencies and when crises occur then the people who are managing it have got some form of doctrine that they can that they can rely on that they can utilize in any given situation so they're not having to think about a hundred different things that need doing and that those hundred different things will get in the way of the three things that really need doing so if you've got a template if you've got some doctrine that you can rely on for the 97 things it means you can focus on the three things that really need your headspace so that's the idea behind having all of these briefing templates these templates for uh, debriefing so they also look at debriefing as well and how to manage a critical instance and if we take all of that learning we can then put it together in a model, in a structure that will enable you to nail the briefing every day of the week. You're also going to be asked further questions. So it talks about supplementary questions. My guess is they'll develop the scenario. So I'm develop, developing some input based on all of that experience of working in communities, um, working with Yorkshire Police, eight years as a neighbourhood inspector, speaking at conferences about different models of community engagement and doing the work in the European Union. You're going to get the benefit of all of that so that any questions they ask you, you'll be able to give these incredible answers. And all I'm doing is teaching you things that if you had someone in your family or as a friend who had that level of experience that I've got, well, they would be offering you that, wouldn't they? This is why you don't need me. So on that note, folks, I shall finish off this podcast. It's been absolutely uh, you know, I'm so pleased to hear about the coverage that these podcasts are getting. Please do get in touch and let me know what you think about them. Uh, you can drop me a line at info at bluelightconsultancy.com or join the Facebook group. That's the best way of doing it. Get involved in the conversation. Come and join over 10,000 people who are helping to support each other through the police recruitment process. Just search on Facebook under groups for Blue Light Police Recruitment and you should come across that group. Ask to join it. Just say, I heard you on the podcast, Brendan. You offered me a personal invitation. Let me in and I will let you in. And I'll see you in the group. And I'll look forward to some amazing videos from you about your top tips, about your guidance, about your journey and about what you've learned in the police recruitment process. And don't forget to join us on the 20th of May for the Success in Police Recruitment in just 10 days start over challenge and i say it's a start over challenge because we are starting over 
because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we're having to start over in how we do police recruitment. I look forward to seeing you in that group and I look forward to your contributions. It's going to be amazing. I shall see you there. Bye-bye for now. Thank you.